Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. We're a day out from the big IU-Purdue rivalry game on Thursday night. Such a big one for the Hoosiers. What an opportunity at home for IU to maybe score a big upset. The Hoosiers have played well at home, but there continues to be some question marks about this team as they work through their schedule. Although a road win in Nebraska, not one of the top-tier Big Ten teams it's the first true road win of the season. If I you could couple that uh, with a Purdue win, it would be huge. But even if Purdue or if Indi- even if Indiana loses to Purdue on Thursday, I think a big week to go on the road and win at Nebraska, break the ice on the road, as Mike Woodson has called it, and then come back on Sunday with Michigan in Assembly Hall. If Indiana could get a win there, uh, just a, would be a big week. So two wins this week. I don't care how they come. Uh, that would be, I think, a job well done for IU at this point of the year. So lots of IU-Purdue discussion today. In fact, Mike Woodson uh, just a few moments ago finished up a media availability in advance of the Purdue game. We'll tell you some of the key things he had to say coming up here in just a few moments. Also, a lot of local stuff to get into to today as well. A busy night of high school basketball on Tuesday. Jeffersonville took a tough, tough loss on the road uh, at a good North Oldham team across the river last night. Uh, came down to the final seconds of the ball game, and we'll tell you about that coming up as well. Uh, st- stay with us here for that all in segment number one. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, segment one will cover all that I just mentioned. Update on Mike Woodson, what he had to say today, a little IU Purdue, the Big Ten Conference last night, uh, what's ahead this week, and then, of course, local sports, some high school stuff to get to. Later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the Daily Hoosier will be with us. Uh, we'll preview IU Purdue. Just talk through some of the storylines about this team right now. I've got a number of little notes and questions and tidbits that I haven't covered yet this week. Anthony Leal, we haven't seen a lot of him. What does Dustin think about Jordan Geronimo? Could he help IU defensively because of his athleticism on Thursday night against a good Purdue team? And in general, how does Indiana guard this big Purdue team uh, that's had a great year so far? We'll, We'll discuss those things and more with Dustin when he joins us later in the hour today. And then also today, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with us. Sean East and so many local players are having uh, great college basketball seasons. We're going to touch on that today and also get you ready for high school basketball coming up this weekend as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you. 502-414-1450 is the number. Again, 502 502- 
414-1450 is the number. Uh, messages are great. Questions, comments, predictions about maybe the IU-Purdue game on Thursday. Whatever you got to say about the Hoosiers, local sports, whatever it may be, I'll do my best to work it in the program today. Again, 502-414-1450. And download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app while you're at it. Uh, download it today for great offers and savings on fuel Every day. All right, let's get into the headlines. Uh, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news today. Uh, Mike Woodson, uh, in advance of the Purdue game, uh, very kind words about Matt Painter. I-, I just love how Coach Woodson talks. I'm reading from the transcript. Painter has done a hell of a job in terms of implementing his system and how he wants them to play. It should be a hell of a game. We we play well here at home. We just got to commit And then he did go on to say Trace Jackson Davis did not do a lot yesterday in practice. I know everybody's very concerned about him taking the fall on his hip or tailbone or whatever it was, but he did not do a lot yesterday in practice. Uh, Coach Woodson said they would work with him today in practice, and he did say he'll be ready to play tomorrow. So I thought that was interesting. Also, a comment on Rob Finnessy. Rob Finnessy is actually going to be available later in the hour for – media to hear from in advance of the Purdue game. But Mike Woodson on fantasy, quote, I see something in him that maybe he doesn't see in himself. I think he can help us as we continue this journey. So just a couple things that Mike Woodson had to say uh, just moments ago, his press conference wrapping up in advance of the Purdue game on Thursday night. Big Ten conference action last night. Got a chance to do a little channel surfing Last night, Big Ten style, Wisconsin at Northwestern got a nice win, 82-76, as Wisconsin seems to be surging and continues to be a real surprise uh, in the Big Ten Conference so far this year. Also, Michigan, it's hard to gauge this Michigan team. They've had some COVID issues. They just simply did not, even non-conference, did not get off to the start this season that I think a lot of us projected them too. I think we thought they would be maybe where Purdue's at in the top of the Big Ten Conference. They would be that team with the highest national ranking in the conference. At least I did. I think many others did as well. But they did win at home last night against a very just okay Maryland team, 83-64. As I looked at Maryland last night, really as I looked at Michigan, Indiana, this is a game Michigan, uh, Indiana can win against Michigan on Sunday, uh, especially at home. Uh, but the Maryland game, even on the road, a week and a half or so from now, that's a game Indiana can win, I think, as well. So uh, some challenges coming up with Purdue. Michigan at home is not going to be easy, but there are some real opportunities for this Indiana team, I think, to rack up some wins here in the next week and a half. Also last night, Ohio State, uh, kind of a late scheduled game against IUPUI, non-conference matchup. Uh, They blew them away last night, and that was basically all of the Big Ten action last night. Uh, Just a note, uh, Penn State, Minnesota has been postponed for tonight. Uh, I don't have the details there. I did not look it up. I'm assuming COVID issues for someone. And then Iowa at Rutgers tonight. That'll be interesting. Rutgers has been kind of a up-and-down team, but they've got that win earlier in the year over Purdue. Uh, they seem to have the ability to hang in the Big Ten this year. So that will be an interesting game tonight. And then, of course, Thursday night, just one Big Ten game, and it's it's a big one. Purdue at Indiana, obviously, a 7 o'clock tip that one on Fox Sports 1. So some interesting times here in the Big Ten Conference. And while we're talking about uh, the game being postponed, the uh, Minnesota at Penn State game tonight, 
Keep in mind, IU women, they lost, what, the Michigan State game earlier this week, and I saw that their game on Sunday has also been postponed or canceled. I can't remember what the terminology was that they used. But the IU women right now having some issues with COVID-19. So you cross your fingers right now if you're an IU fan. You know the team's vaccinated from their trip to the Bahamas in the summer, uh, but you cross your fingers because this new variant doesn't seem to be making especially young people terribly sick, but even those that have the vaccine, I know a handful of people, a number of people right now that have the vaccine but also have COVID-19. So we'll see how things play out, but it is very, very much uh, kind of on the edge of your seat with all of these ball games to see exactly what's going to be played and what's not going to be played. I've mentioned that today, later on in the uh, show, we'll talk about some of the local products we have playing Division One college basketball. But I just kind of wanted to run through a couple highlights just from Tuesday night games. Justin Betts, play, Providence graduate, of course, we know that by now, playing at Bellarmine, the latest Southern Indiana connection uh, on the Bellarmine team, at least a local connection. There's been all sorts of players from across Southern Indiana that have had great careers at Bellarmine, including senior guard Dylan Penn, who's having a heck of a year right now for Coach Davenport's team. But Justin Betts last night, scored a season-high 14 points, and he had 10 rebounds. He was one rebound short of a season best from a rebound perspective as well. Get ready for this. Betts played all 40 minutes of the game. He was 3 from 6 from the field, 8 of 10 at the free throw line, 2 assists as well to go with his stat line. Justin Betts is making the most of his time at Bellarmine, of course, now a Division I program. And Bellarmine in the Atlantic Sun, this is year number two in the conference. They still cannot compete in the NCAA tournament, but they are 4-0 already in conference play. And Justin Betts is just, he's a glue guy for Bellarmine. Some nights he scores and he reaches double figures. Other nights he may have just a couple baskets, a couple points. But rebounds and big free throws and, and just good minutes from him, night in and night out for Bellarmine. So Justin Betts, a real success story. Uh, Cooper Jacoby, he's becoming more consistent at Toledo. Last night, he had five points uh, in Toledo, one for the fourth time in five games, 83-70 over Ball State uh, at home for Toledo. Uh, Toledo now 14-4 and on the season. They are 6-1 and in the MAC Conference. So Jacoby seeing some decent playing time and getting an opportunity to contribute. Uh, Jake Hydebreeder from Floyd Central, meanwhile, playing for Air Force Academy. He just had three points last night. Air Force lost 62-56 at Boise State. Always a tough place to play in the Mountain West Conference. But Air Force 8-7 and seven overall. Hydebreeder has had lots of double-figure games for Air Force, getting some real opportunities as a freshman. And that's just kind of touching the surface of local guys in the Division I ranks. Josh Jefferson, obviously, has had some really big games for Middle Tennessee. Trey Coleman of Jeffersonville, he's had some good games, getting a lot more playing time now for Nevada. Uh, in fact, Nevada and Air Force Academy, Hyde Breeder and Coleman, squared off against each other on Saturday. So just some really good moments. And again, that's just kind of touching the surface of guys playing college basketball that have a local connection right now. But we'll talk more about some of those guys later on when Josh Cook joins us today. Also, each week we name a high school boys and girls player of the week, and I wanted to get those out to you. We're a day late this week. But Justin Carter of New Albany, he totaled a total of 42 points over two games, also 17 rebounds over two games. New Albany, big week last week. They won a good one at Southwestern, 59-48 on Tuesday. 
They won at home. And this score, the final score, surprised me a little bit. New Albany, 58-38. They really took off in the second half over a solid Scottsburg team. Jim Shannon got a 600 win on Saturday night. But uh, Justin Carter, 42 points combined in the week, 17 rebounds as well. Uh, a real breakthrough player at times. He's not been consistent for New Albany, but at times when he stepped up and elevated his game, he's got really an ability to slash and get to the basket, and he's added something in a big way to New Albany the last few games especially. Also, our girls' player of the week, Natalie Noel of Salem. She had a big week, a 37-point game in a win against Scottsburg. She also had a game-high 16 points in a win over Jeffersonville. Salem lost a tough one last night at Lanesville, and that just tells you how good – Angie Hinton's 1A Lanesville Club is, but Natalie Noel of Salem, our girls basketball player of the week as well. A couple other notes to pass along. Again, IU-Purdue coming up Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Yes, we'll have the play-by-play story from Don Fisher coming up on the Big X. And Oh, yeah, last night I wanted to touch on a couple high school things as well. Uh, Jeffersonville. 22 days without a game. Okay, we, we've been through this. 22 days without a game. They were shut down with COVID as they were scheduled to come back and practice. They had a couple snow days, which delayed practice even further. Andrew Grants, the head coach, just had a newborn. Andrew Grants had bilateral pneumonia, non-connected, not connected to COVID earlier in December, so he missed a number of games on the bench. Uh, Jeff has had a couple good moments, but the second halves – Friday against Floyd Central really got away from from the Red Devils. And then Saturday against Providence in a battle, even though they had an eight-point lead in the second half, that got away from them as well. And Providence went on to score a big win at Johnson Arena on Saturday night. Last night, the schedule gets no easier for Jeff. They went to North Oldham across the river, a very good North Oldham team led by a player named Dallas Roberts. Jeff got out to an 8 nothing lead. I was watching the game last night. I thought they really had a chance to record a big road win. I thought, okay, maybe this Jeff team will put two halves together tonight. And after a great first half where they were ahead at halftime, uh, 37-26, uh, by the way, at halftime, this time it was an 11-point lead for Jeff that they lost in the second half. It came down to the final seconds of the game with the game tied and some good plays both ways. In the last couple minutes of the ball game, Dallas Roberts, that key player I mentioned earlier from North Oldham, he had a jump shot with 3.1 seconds left to give North Oldham a 60-58 victory over Jeff last night. So the Red Devils, it's heartbreak city. They're up at halftime against rival Floyd Central on Friday, their first game in 22 days, and they lose an eight-point lead late in the second half. I think it was a six-point halftime lead. Then on Saturday, they lose an eight-point second-half lead to Providence at home and lose, and that one was real tight down to the wire. And last night, they have an 11-point halftime lead and end up losing on a last-second shot by Dallas Roberts of North Oldham. So, boy, it's been a tough restart for the Red Devils. They've got the talent. I think they've got the ability. I think they will end up being a very good ball club, as we all thought they would coming into the year. But illness, COVID, suspension, so many different things with this team, uh, it's going to take them a while to get to midseason form. I think the three, four weeks from now, 
But when we really start honing in on the sectionals, that's when we're going to know more about the Jeffersonville Red Devils. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Send in your questions and comments on IU, on local sports. Still ahead, Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times and also Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, presented by Major League Shirt Company. Stay with us. Lots more coming your way here on this Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times is my guest. He covers IU basketball and football for the Herald-Times and is with us Tuesdays, or Wednesdays, excuse me. And, uh, Dustin, we are just a day out from a big rivalry game at Assembly Hall and maybe a signature challenge so far of this uh, opening month of Big Ten play for the Hoosiers coming up here in about 24 hours. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be, uh, I imagine a big time atmosphere for this. And, and certainly it's the best team that, uh, Indiana's played under Mike Woodson so far. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Ohio State win still matters regardless of what happens, uh, tomorrow. The fact that they still have a, an undefeated record going into this at home still matters. I mean, there, there have been some things that they're, they've achieved already. So it's not like if they lose this game, then, then all is lost. Um, but, uh, it is, it is a huge opportunity to get, get would be just a, a gigantic win, um, if they were able to pull it off against Purdue, but certainly, uh, one heck of a challenge, you know, Purdue absolutely looks the part of a top five team right now. Um, you know, just so much talent just all over that roster. And that's going to be a, a, a difficult one for the, for Indiana to pull off for sure. All right, Dustin, as we start to really drill in on tomorrow's game, uh, it, Purdue, we know is good. We know Purdue is extremely big as well in the interior how does Indiana attempt to guard this Boilermaker team on Thursday night? Well, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, the tough part is what happens when Zach Eady goes in. Uh, they've been able, Trace Jackson Davis has been able to match Travion Williams. I mean, they, they each kind of counter each other well. Trace is a little bit more athletic. Travion's a little bit more of a wide body. Uh, and they've had some, some good matchups in the past. So they've both been able to score on each other. I mean, really, the, the last year's game uh, in Bloomington was really a terrific back and forth. You kind of forget that game because it's been so long. But I think, you know, I want to say Trace had 25 and Travion had, I think, 22 and 10. Um, so when those two on the floor, I mean, you, you can trust Trace to handle, uh, to be able to deal with Trevion, to be able to score on him, um, and at least be able to provide, I think, good enough resistance. ED obviously is a different story. You're talking about a, a seven inch difference and it's tough, uh, for anybody to guard him really. And so I imagine you will see, uh, I, I think you'll see Michael Woodson try with Michael Dorb. but I don't know if that's going to work. Um, frankly, I just, just you just haven't seen uh, the production or the defense uh, from Dor at this point. I, I imagine Woodson just his logic will tell him that you know seven foot against seven four is better than six nine against seven four, uh, and therefore it's worth a shot to get him in the game. You know what was the point of recruiting Michael Dor if you're not going to use him against Zach Eady? Uh, but all the same, I don't know that that changes anything. Obviously, they're going to have to to double well, and that's a, that's a tough thing uh, against this Purdue team because they've got shooters pretty much everywhere. I mean, obviously, you're not going to double up. 
Ivy uh, because he can just scorch you. Uh, but, you know, then, you know, you look at the starting lineup, I think it's uh, Thompson, Stefanovic, and Gillis, and all three of those guys uh, can burn you from three, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, Gillis has the fewest number of threes out of that group, and I think he's 16 of 30, uh, so up over 50% from beyond the arc. Um, he's more like he's, he's kind of playing that Grady Eifert role where he doesn't take a ton of them, but usually he gets some open ones. Uh, so if you double off of him and take the chance, he's going to burn you, and, and, and you don't want to. <laughs> double off of Sasha Stefanovic uh, or Isaiah Thompson for that matter. So, I mean, you got to be really smart about the way that you double um, and, you know, just where you're doubling from, who you're giving shots to, how quickly you're recovering. I mean, it, it, it just asks a lot of you to be able to defend uh, that kind of size. I mean, you, you, you're going to have to double. You're not going to be able to single cover him. Uh, so, basically, it's just uh, bring a double from somewhere and hope for the best. All right, Jaden Ivey, and I think you wrote this in a preview story about the game tomorrow, but he's clearly been Purdue's most explosive player. Uh, we're talking about defense, specifically on him, with what he's shown he can do so far this year. You know, some people suggest Jordan Geronimo would be the equivalent on the IU roster as far as athletic and kind of a freak that can do some things offensively and de- defensively that other players can't. Does he have a matchup with Ivy, you think, at any point or for a substantial point of this game Thursday night? I really don't think so. I mean, I, I, may, maybe I, maybe if I watched more film on him and saw something that I haven't seen, maybe somebody else has seen some things I'm not seeing. But I, I just don't think, you know, like Geronimo's got a lot going for him, so I, I'm not, I don't want to dismiss that in any way. But I don't know that you've seen him prove. I think you've seen him prove that he can take a four-man like an E.J. Liddell who wants to take you out to the perimeter. He can handle that. Uh, you know, that far he's been able to come. I don't know that you've seen him really bottle somebody up that desperate, that, that's a big part of their game is beating you off the dribble, uh, is just being able to take you, just cross you up laterally and get to the rim. Uh, Ivy is that kind of guy. He's so good at that. And so I don't know that Geronimo has proven he can handle somebody like that that's going to, you know, sort of set you up all the way out there and just burn you. And, and the thing is, Ivy now can shoot it. So it's not like you give him, oh, well, if you give him six or seven feet, um, and just let him take that shot, then you're going to end up in better shape. I mean, he's shooting 43% from three. I mean, he, that, that was a thing that you could do a year ago. It is not a thing that you can do now. Um, so I don't think that works. I think what you do is you, you, you take the guy who is going to be your best against triple penetration because that's what Ivy is best at. Whoever can do the best job of creating resistance uh, on the bounce is who you go with. And I think in this case, it's, it's Xavier Johnson when he's in and Rob Finnessy when he's in. Those are still their best two guys at defending the dribble and, and keeping guys out of the paint when they want to get there. And that, I'm not saying that they're going to be able to, to keep Ivy out. I don't think they will. Um, frankly, because I think Ivy's just that good, but I mean, I think that's your best bet is go get the guys that can defend the bounce the best. Uh, and those are the two guys that can defend the bounce the best. All right. Uh, Dustin, obviously Indiana needs signature wins as they look to build an NCAA tournament resume, getting a win at Nebraska on the road, maybe a start for, uh, some road victories. I think Mike Woodson said, we got to break the ice on the road. Indiana had not won a true home game this season until Monday. So the Hoosiers passed a very small test, I think, on Monday. We know how much bigger Thursday will be, and obviously coming right back with Michigan, who showed uh, maybe some signs of improvement against Maryland last night with an easy victory. Uh, for this upcoming stretch of games, as you think about NCAA tournament eligibility, uh, does Indiana have to continue to be dang near perfect at home or because of a Nebraska win and you hope for an additional win or two if you're an IU fan on the road for this team? Can they get into things? Can they get into March uh, with a Purdue loss and a Michigan loss? And can they slip up here on some home games? 
I, mean, I wouldn't mess around with losing to Michigan. Uh, Purdue, you can live with, I think. I mean, basically, I think if, if, if Purdue is your one loss at home, uh, then, then that goes a long way. I mean, Illinois, I think, is going to be a tough one uh, as well. I think they're coming to Bloomington, and, and Indiana is not going to Champaign. I, I think you can lose those two, but you've got to be able to get some of these road wins. And, and the thing about it is, I mean, it sets up nicely for the next couple, but they, they cannot afford to trip up on the road in this upcoming stretch of road games. You, 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 you sure don't want to lose to Michigan at home. Uh, the way that they've been, that, that, that's a bad loss if you lose to Michigan at home. And it's a bad loss if you lose to Penn State at home. Uh, after that, you go on the road. And, and, and Maryland is, a, you know, the, the way Maryland is playing, not, not well. Uh, you got to be able to go out to Maryland and win. Uh, that's the sort of place you got to go. And I think you got to be able to go out to Northwestern and win. So, you know, they, they are, you know, basically they had a stretch of three road games when they're, when they're facing the, uh, you know, some of the, in standings wise, three of the worst teams in the Big Ten. So I think they've got to win those. That gives you a buffer against the Purdue loss and maybe an Illinois loss. But you've got to get some of these road wins uh, against some of the worst teams uh, in the league, some of the teams that are at the bottom of the standings, and you've got to be able to beat them. And, and you're going to have to beat somebody else, too. I mean, there's going to have to be a, a, a really good-looking win uh, either at home or on the road, uh, you know, down the stretch there. But it, they've, they've got road games that they should be able to win. Nebraska, I think, was a big step just getting over the hump. Uh, you know, just especially after losing to Penn State in, in, in an environment that is not a place that you should lose, and then an Iowa game that they were you know basically in control of, and then just totally collapsed down the stretch. I mean, those two really get after I think your psyche and ask you know, make you start asking yourself, I mean, what, what, what's wrong with us out here? Um, and so I think beating Nebraska as bad as Nebraska has been uh, was a big step to say, okay, we're, we're, it's not kryptonite for us. We're not in. We're not. We, we we don't hit a force field when we go on the road. We can beat somebody, um, so that matters. And that I think is something they should be able to take to Northwestern uh, and to Maryland and be able to win those games. But yeah, no, I, I, they can't afford too many slip ups at home. Uh, again, you you can live with Purdue. I don't think anybody ex- looks at you know Indiana and who they are and says, well, if you can't beat Purdue at home, you know, should we let you in? I mean, <laughs> Purdue's that good. I mean, Purdue can win the whole thing. I don't know that they will, but they can. Um, so it, it, there's no shame in losing to Purdue even at home, but you got to beat some of these teams on the road and the Michigans and Penn State, you got to beat at home. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, I know I'm jumping around a bit as far as this IU team and uh, things about Thursday's matchup go, but Anthony Leal is a player that I thought at this point of the year we might be seeing more of. I know that Trey Galloway is back, so he's taken up some minutes off the bench. Jordan Geronimo seems to be flirting with the opportunity to break through for this team as well, so he's had more time. But any idea what's going on with Leal? I don't think I don't think there's anything necessarily bad. I mean, I think what you're getting from what you're seeing from Mike Woodson, obviously he's not really um, forthcoming when he when it talks about playing time, and he he doesn't frankly want, want us to ask about it at all. Uh, what you can piece together, I think, from the things that he does say publicly is the defense is really the driving force. And he does not seem to have this um, sense of, okay, well, I I have to get some of these guys in if I want to keep them locked in. I want to keep them part of the program. Like he doesn't seem to think, well, I like this guy. I I need to make sure I get him a couple minutes just so he knows that, that I still see a place for him. Um, he's obviously not doing that with Christian Lander, and he's not doing that with Anthony Leo. I, I mean, he seemed perfectly happy with the play that he got from Leo when uh, Galloway was hurt, and, and Leo needed to fill in those minutes. It took him a while, I guess, to earn those minutes before between the time Galloway was injured and the time Leo got in. Um, but obviously, I mean, Leo Galloway is the better defender. 
Uh, he's he's bringing more offensively, even though Leal's the much better shooter. Galloway's getting the rim, scoring, and, and creating opportunities for other people just by what he's able to do off the bounce. Um, so Galloway Galloway's really won that job, and I think he still sees more upside uh, in Tamar Bates and making sure he's getting those minutes. And and but he's frankly playing his starters uh, a lot, um, and so he's not looking at it and saying, okay, well I've got to divvy these up to make sure that there's five six minutes for Anthony Leal just to keep him engaged. Uh, he doesn't certainly doesn't feel that way about Christian Lander. I mean he's getting Xavier Johnson and Rob Finnessy minutes, both those guys are in their fourth year of college. He does not seem to look at it as, man, I got to make sure this, uh, you know, effectively redshirt freshman point guard is okay. Um, he's, he's just saying, okay, well, you know, I don't think they're good enough right now. And so they're not ready to play. And I think he's, he, he picks the guy that's best at defense at point guard, Finnessy and Johnson, the better defenders and it, on the wing Galloway and Bates, I think Bates too, uh, are better defenders than Leal. I don't think Leal's a bad defender. I think he's a good shooter. I think he brings a lot of energy. I mean, he, there doesn't seem to be anything negative at all with Anthony Leal. It's just a case of he still, still feels there's a little bit more, uh, and there's always two wings off the bench. So they get the minutes and he doesn't seem to be, um, you know, compelled to just find a couple for him just to keep him in, keep him in it. All right, uh, Dustin, uh, to close things out today, I know you've got a chance to hear from Mike Woodson uh, and his pre-Purdue media availability coming up, so we need to let you go. But maybe a storyline or two, you think, for fans to watch Thursday night if IU is going to come out with the win at home and, and upset this really good Purdue team. What has to happen? What are a couple things to watch? I mean, I think, I mean, obviously they've they've just got to kind of you need Trace Jackson Davis to play it, it as close to even with those bigs as possible. I mean, I don't know that you you get match production there, um, but he's got to keep it within I don't know five ten points uh, somewhere in that. As long as they don't get their doors blown off at, at the five, I think that gives them a chance. And you know, I mean, I guess the the the, the thing that they might have to do is they got they got to keep Ivy under wraps. And they've got to be at least close to even when it comes to the three-point shooting game. Uh, you know, obviously Purdue has so many guys who can burn you. They've hit more threes than anybody else in the Big Ten, and obviously they're tough to deal with just because you have to, to put so much um, attention on Ivy and then, and then on those bigs. Uh, so you need Parker Stewart and Miller Cop to find a way to you know match the production coming out of those three-point shooters. I mean, it's possible. Uh, you know, that whole group doesn't go off every single night. Um, but they've got to be able to run around with those guys, make sure they're contesting shots, and they've got to be able to make their own. Um, I mean, because Purdue, that's how Purdue can bury you. If, if, if they if they drop, you know, 10 threes on you, you know, on top of whatever they're getting from the bigs, I mean, that's how they really run away from you. So Indiana's got to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, it just, it, again, be able to hit six, seven, eight threes of their own uh, and not give up 10 or 12. Uh, you know, that, that I think is the big thing. If, if that three-point the, the total production you're getting from the three, if that gap gets big, that's really when you get your doors blown off. All right, Dustin Dopierak, Bloomington Herald Times. Uh, Dustin, as always, thanks a lot for coming on to talk IU Hoops with us today. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Dustin Dopierak with us, as always, here on this Wednesday edition of the program. And before we get ready and go to break here, again, Purdue coming up Thursday night, 7 o'clock is the tip-off, number four-ranked Purdue at Assembly Hall. Then you turn around right on Sunday, and the Hoosiers host Michigan on Sunday. Again, Michigan did uh, look good. Again, uh, as Dustin mentioned, uh, you know Maryland not the strongest team this year. That's a game you've got to win even at Maryland a little bit later in the year for uh, Indiana. But last night, Michigan uh, at home uh, cruised to an 83-64 win over Maryland. So Michigan will be in Bloomington on Sunday. What a week, really, in a road game. Any road game in the Big Ten is tough at Nebraska. Indiana gets the job done there. Rival Purdue, 
uh, national championship contender Purdue. It's a real thing. I know Indiana fans hate to hear that, but this Purdue team has shown that they have Final Four caliber. There's no question about it. They may get there. They may not get there, but they definitely have uh, the type of ability, the type of talent to do so. Then Michigan coming in. I know Michigan's been a little bit of a disappointment if you look at the Big Ten from top to bottom. A lot of people, including myself, I I thought they would be the class of the Big Ten this year. And then, of course, next Wednesday to kind of continue the streak, Indiana's got Penn State at home. We know what happened the last time that Indiana and Penn State played. So it's a game Indiana really has to get, especially at home, after the dismal way they played at Purdue a couple weeks ago. And then if you want to continue on in the stretch at Maryland, another road game coming up a week from Saturday. That's a game, as Dustin said, you've got to win, given Maryland's record, Maryland's situation this year in the Big Ten. And then continuing on, Illinois comes to town to start February in the final month of the regular season of Big Ten Conference play. So it's 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 par for the course. Every night's a big one in Big Ten Conference basketball. Uh, there's always going to be some surprises. Indiana's got to win a couple road games. They've got to protect their home court. Uh, you can let the Purdue game get away. I agree with Dustin's take on that, but you got to get the Michigan game on Sunday. You got to get the Penn State game at home next week. You got to get the Maryland game on the road. If Indiana can win those three out of the upcoming four, if you want to include Purdue in there, I think this team is in a really good situation. So we'll see. Big, big week, I think. Big portion of this schedule coming up for the Hoosiers. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, our final segment, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join us. We'll talk local sports. We'll get you ready for high school basketball over the weekend. Sean East continuing to just be unbelievable at the junior college level. He's at Logan Junior College over in Illinois for one season before he heads back to Division I basketball. We'll talk about that and some other basketball topics coming up next presented by Major League Shirt Company. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back with you here on this Wednesday program, this segment with Josh Cook of the News and Tribune each week. Brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. All you got to do is visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com. And Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. Josh, I started the show in our headlines today bragging once again on some of our local former high school basketball standouts outs that are now having great college basketball careers. And I wanted to chat with you a little bit about some of that in this segment as well. Justin Betts of Providence last night, a season high in points. He was one rebound away from tying his season high in that category as well. He is really a solid glue guy type player for Scott Davenport's team. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great to see for Justin. I know a lot of people uh, in Providence think very highly of him, uh, um, but yeah, just a great, great performance by him last night, and just a, just another one of 
you know, an, another solid performance of, of what he's had all year. I don't, I don't know if he still is, but earlier this year he was, he was leading the team in rebounding, which, you know, is pretty, pretty remarkable for somebody his size. So, uh, <laughs> that's quite, uh, that's quite impressive in its own right. But yeah, and, and Bellman's doing well too. I think that was their four straight win. So, you know, kudos to Scott Davenport and the, and the guys are, uh, they're playing well. Also, uh, Jake Hodbreeder at Air Force, Trey Coleman at Nevada, uh, just a few of the others, uh, Cooper Jacoby, Toledo, Josh Jefferson, Middle Tennessee. Uh, there are others. Those are just some that stand out here over the last week or so that have had uh, big games. Josh, you've covered this area, and I mean the metropolitan area, high school sports for a number of years. Is this one of the best times right now as far as uh, basketball standouts from back in their high school day, uh, going to college and and standing out there as well, having good careers. Can you ever imagine a time where there were more Division One players, not just on rosters, but that actually contributed? Yeah, I don't know. It probably have to be back in the back in the nineties, maybe or, or maybe even before that. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's really impressive. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, Jake and Trey. Trey Coleman just played the other night, and, and Jake Heitbreeder plays like uh, I think he plays about forty minutes a game. It seems like these days he's playing pretty much every minute. And uh, yeah, I was talking to Todd Sturgeon about it the other day, and he said that uh, you know Jake just loves uh, playing in the high altitude of Colorado Springs, and, and he feels like he can just uh, run forever. So that's uh, that's working out well for him because he's playing uh, he's playing as many minutes as, as humanly possible out there. So you know it's just uh, it's you know just impressive that he's doing well, and, and as you mentioned, all the other kids and and uh, Sean East and Kobe Barnes and all those kids too. And then how about this Christian Stewart from Clarksville, a Clarksville graduate, had 51 points the other day at Spalding, which was just uh, an incredible game. So you know it just uh, just keeps going. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Sean East. It seems like every time. His name comes across. It's some kind of really good performance or uh, someone really bragging on him. I saw another report out there listing him as one of the best, if not the best player in junior college basketball this season. Uh, I ran into Kobe Barnes's mother the other day. Uh, she's now an assistant principal at Jeffersonville High School. And you think of Kobe from Floyd Central, Sean from New Albany on the same junior college team getting re-recruited for this year. I think that Logan team over in Illinois, they've got their sights set on making a run at the national championship at the JUCO level. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them make a run to it. I think, what if they lost one game, I think, so far, and they've got you know Kobe and Sean leading the way. And uh, I think they're ranked uh, maybe third last time I saw in junior college. So you know, I, I could definitely see them making a run at it, and you know, maybe winning the whole thing. Uh, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a a better backcourt, that's for sure. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. This segment presented by Major League Shirt Company. I want to talk Jeff basketball with you for just a moment. Uh, 22 days off is a long time, Josh. They made the return Friday night. Tough weekend. Rival Floyd Central on Friday. The Red Devils were ahead at halftime. It all fell apart in the second half. Then they take on rival Providence, who's a different challenge on Saturday led by as many as eight in the second half, and then it kind of slowly fell apart, went Providence's way. Last night, Jeff goes over across the river to take on a talented North Oldham ball club, and Jeff probably has its best start uh, of the uh, season so far, and led by 11 points at halftime. 
and this time it was a, just a heartbreaking loss. They lose at the buzzer last night over at North Oldham. It has been a rough, rough few days for Jeff uh, as they get back to action on the court. Yeah, definitely tough way to start after all that time off. Um, but, you know, it it just sounds like maybe they just haven't had their, you know, played enough games to get their, uh, uh, you know, get their legs under them in the second half. So as they go, maybe their conditioning will start to start to come along and they'll be able to, uh, you know, sustain uh, that kind of effort throughout the whole game, not just the first half. So, you know, they've, they've got um, – They've got a stretch coming up here. I think they've got some some games that they can win and maybe get on a little bit of a roll here, um, heading heading down the stretch to the second half of the season as we as we get toward uh, you know the end of end of February and uh, you know the postseason. So it's it, it they don't have uh, they've got they've got time. You know it's, it's ten ten games left maybe in the regular season. So you know it's just um, it's a process and uh, you know uh, it, sometimes it. Sometimes it takes longer than uh, uh, you'd like, or, or you know, fans would like. But but uh, I think by the end of the season they'll get there, and it's just going to take a little bit of time and uh, and patience, maybe. Yeah, no question. A rough a rough start. Uh, you want to get back out. You want to play. Uh, you've got a tough schedule, game in and game out. And uh, Jeff has really had some rough moments here, uh, especially getting beat on a last second shot last night. Also, Josh, uh, you talk about 10 games or so left for boys teams. The girls teams are running out of games. There was a big Tuesday night of high school girls basketball in the area. And it's hard to believe that on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, in fact, from Indianapolis, we'll learn the pairings uh, for the girls sectionals and the upcoming girls state tournament. We are to that point and the crazy thing is, when that point gets here for the girls, it's kind of like a precursor, a warning that, my goodness, the boys are a month or so behind as far as their season wrapping up and getting into sectionals. The pairings for the boys will be out just a few weeks after the girls. And then, of course, March Madness, Big Ten Tournament, NCAA Tournament. So the start of the girls' tournament for me is always a reminder that this basketball season that we love, we've got great moments ahead, but it's not going to last forever. The postseasons are upon us a lot sooner than what maybe it feels like right now on January 19th. <laughs> yeah, it kind of signals the, the beginning of the end, kind of maybe. I don't know, but it's, uh, you know, it definitely gets, gets you going and, uh, uh, kind of prepares you for the, the home stretch, but uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's a, it's going to be a fun time. You know, it's usually a fun time in this area, so yeah, I think it'll be another fun time. You know, the way uh, uh, Silver Creek's been playing the girls, uh, you know, off to or whether nineteen and one, I think, heading into Saturday, they got the game at, uh, against Eastern, uh, uh, their last conference game. Then the next week they play at Columbus East, which should be a really, really good game because I know Columbus East ranked in the top ten in, in uh, Class Four A, so that that's really one to to look forward to. But and then after that uh, comes the postseason, and uh, you know I expect them to be to be right in the thick of the uh, Class Three race once again. Uh, you know it, the sectional is going to be tough uh, this year as always, but uh, you know it, it's. Uh, Court and Central, you know, at sixteen and two, I think is is, is Court and record really impressive. Great run by Josh Conrad, and uh, you know, I know they've got some some really good players, and and uh, you know, they could they could be uh, they could be a threat to Silver Creek, but you know, Silver Creek's uh, definitely. 
definitely going to have a shot at it, I think. So that's that's something to look forward to on the girls' side. All right, Josh, uh, you're uh, kind of an independent voice here. Normally we keep it primarily to local stuff going on here in southern Indiana, Clark and Floyd counties, but we've got this big college basketball game coming up tomorrow night that we started previewing a few days ago and obviously we will continue through tomorrow. But Indiana hosting Purdue. The Hoosiers need a big win in conference play. Purdue has been really good coming off of a huge win at Illinois on MLK Day Monday, uh, double overtime win, in fact, at Illinois. Thoughts, predictions on IU Purdue on Thursday night? Uh, yeah, what, how many has Purdue won in a row? Maybe nine or something like that? I, I don't know. I, I think it's nine. I believe you're right on the, the money there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, IU fans would love to see that streak broken uh I don't know if, if this is the time uh, that it's going to happen, but, you know, it seems like uh, it, it it could be, uh, you know, sooner or later it's going to happen, right? I is going to be Purdue, so maybe this is the time playing at home. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, you know, is just playing, just playing great, but, uh, you know, Purdue's got a heck of a team. I mean, you don't... Uh, you don't just uh, redshirt Trey Kaufman in uh, for no reason. You know you got to have a lot of a lot of solid players and a lot of uh, you know a lot of guys capable of uh, of playing well. So it, I think it's really going to be a battle. It's I think it's I think it's an uphill battle for IU. Uh, you know with uh, especially with what Purdue's got. You know inside um, and Jake Ivey too on on the perimeter. So uh, you know I think IU's got its work cut out for itself. Um, yeah, I don't know what the uh, I, I'm not uh, I haven't checked the, the Vegas line to see what the see who's favored in this game, but uh, you know home court advantage is is gonna account for something. I don't know if it's gonna account for uh, enough to give uh, to give IU the win. So, um, but anything's possible. Uh, I would I would make Purdue the slight favorite at this point, though. Yeah, I think you gotta gotta agree with that. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, as always, thank you for the local rundown today. All right, thanks so much, and have a great day. Absolutely. Major League Shirt Company, they can help if you're looking to raise money for your team or event. Let Major League's online fan stores work for you. You can outfit fans and raise money with very little effort. Major League even does the sorting. All you've got to do is cash the check. Find out more about Major League Shirt Company at mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com. And, yes, just just a little food for thought. Uh, nine straight wins by the Boilermakers over the Hoosiers, and it's been by an average of nine points as well. The last win for IU basketball in this rivalry series, which is obviously played now twice a season, uh, was February 20th of 2016. So between games, between wins, I should say, 2,160 days. Five of those wins for Purdue have come at Assembly Hall as well. So can Indiana break this nine-game streak, this streak that is now uh, over 2,100 days between victories in this series for Indiana? We'll find out coming up Thursday night. 7 o'clock tip-off in that game. And, of course, tomorrow we're going to preview the IU-Purdue game from both sides. We'll have Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall with us 
Also, we've got a Purdue person lined up as well. So we'll kind of give you an insight on game day from both teams. It's a big one coming up Thursday night. There's no question about that. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition of the program. Thank you so much for being with us. Don't forget, if you ever miss the live program, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there, and you can listen on demand. Have a great Wednesday. We're supposed to get some weather, I think, between 6 and 7. It starts tonight, so be careful with that. Supposed to get really cold later this evening. Back with you tomorrow at 11 o'clock. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.